you're listening to the Televisionary Minisode. In this episode, Cody and I talk about two of our favorite TV shows that just might become your next TV binge. I'm even more obscured now. <laughs> you are. Hello. Hello. And welcome to the Televisionary Minisode. Yes, this is quite a special minisode today, I would say. Not necessarily because we are talking about anything that is very special. I mean, all of our episodes are special, but there is just something a little bit different about this episode. Yeah, I think for once your face is very clear and crisp. Same to you, and it's not because both of us have gotten LASIK, because we haven't. No. My optometrist actually advised me not to get LASIK. Oh, really? Why? Basically, my eyesight is so bad. They they basically were like, just wait a few more years. The technology is going to get better because they would just have to like, I think, laser like a lot of it away. And then I would be at like a higher risk for tears. I see. Yeah. Trigger warning. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, no, we are actually recording in person. For the first time ever. Yes, we normally record our episodes remotely because we live about 1,300 miles apart. I in Pennsylvania and Elena in Texas. And I am here visiting Texas, which is very exciting. This is my third time. The third time's a charm. I don't know in what way yet because I just got here today. Yeah. But... Um, There is certainly a different dynamic, I think, to this recording because we can make eye contact. Granted, we are doing so while Elena is trying to protect her sound quality (laughs) by hiding behind a giant couch cushion and a blanket. So I can only see one of her eyes. Well, two now. She moved her head. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's almost like it feels like a lot harder. (laughs) It kind of is. There's a lot of stuff in the recording of this episode that we did not think about logistically, or maybe that we did think about, but just- Didn't do anything about. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Until we went to press record and thought, <laughs> oh, how does this work? We normally use a platform that allows us to record our audio separately, and then it can be mixed together into one easy track. But because we can kind of pick up each other's audio with our separate microphones when we are sitting in the same room, there's a little bit of an extra challenge to it. I also, you just said easy, and it reminded me of easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. And it reminded me of all of the America's Next Top Model commercials they would make those poor girls do as challenges. And everyone was so bad at them. Mm-hmm. They were so bad. And I always thought like while that show was airing that they would like use those commercials as actual covergirl commercials on tv and now it makes total sense to me why they did not because everyone was bad in them like just i don't want to say that no one was ever good but the vast majority of those commercials the footage had to just be unusable i know remember our 16th birthday party, Elena? <laughs> I do. I actually forget about it a lot of the time. <laughs> so for Cody, Cody and I, we have birthdays that are close together. So for our 16th birthday party, we did an America's Next Top Model birthday where we made all of our friends do photo shoots and eliminated them one by one. Who won? Laura Lumadu? 
No, Megan Liptak. Oh my God. Yeah, of course Megan won. Of course. Laura placed third, I think. Who, who was second? I think it was Katie Muirhead. Oh. We're using real names here because we don't think that any of these people are in prison or have done anything that we could incriminate them with yeah. by mentioning them. And neither of us have been canceled yet. So I don't think there's any reason why those people wouldn't want to associate with us. Right. I mean, they might want to not associate with us for other reasons, but not because we have said or done anything inherently problematic that we can think of. Maybe the internet will let us know otherwise. Yeah, please let us write in at Televisionary Podcast on Instagram, direct message us, and let us know, have we done anything online we should be ashamed of? I don't know if we really want to invite people to do that, but, I mean, if you want to inform us of any behavior that we have exhibited that we should work to correct, then you are welcome to share your opinion. Well... <laughs> I I am burning to talk about my show, so I feel like we should just jump into it. We probably should. Uh, contrary to what you might assume from this recording so far, we are not talking about America's Next Top Model today. Unless, Elena, you were planning on it, and now I have made a fool of myself by saying that. No, that was a mislead. Okay. Yeah. So, I can I, should I go first? Yes, ladies first. Okay. Well, today I'm going to talk about a show that I know I've talked to you about because I am obsessed with it. It is this little reality show that was on many years ago called Rock of Love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so for those of you listening who have never heard of it or don't remember it, Rock of Love was a VH1 reality show. It was a dating competition show starring Brett Michaels, lead singer of Poison, and he was on a quest to find his rock of love. And, <laughs> and there were three seasons. Each season, I, I don't remember off the top of They start with like a lot of girls and then they whittle it down to, I think, 15. And then they, are, they eliminate like three, two, and then one each week till there's one girl left. So this show may on the surface sound ridiculous. And it was, it was. Honestly, I did not watch it when it was on the air. I think it aired first in 2008. And so at that time, I was watching this other TV show on the E! Network called The Soup. <laughs> and The Soup would make fun of Rock of Love pretty much weekly because it is one of the most ridiculous reality shows I've ever laid my eyes on. Have you even seen an episode? I watched every single episode of Rock of Love oh when I was God. in high school as it was airing. I did not know that. Yeah, I forget a lot about it because I was way more into Flavor of Love, personally. Mm. Like, Flavor of Love was what I lived for back in my early high school days. But I enjoyed Rock of Love very much as well. Yeah, I also loved Charm School. I don't know if you've watched the Charm School seasons yet, but those are absolutely fond memories from my high school years. All right. Well, so then you know a little bit about it. I sure do. I think that there are... So I watched The Soup, saw it on there, thought it was ridiculous, 
forgot about it for years and years and then discovered this other podcast called Sexy Unique Podcast where they recap every episode of the show. They're actually just about to finish recapping the third season of Rock of Love, which is Rock of Love Boss, which is actually the worst season in my opinion. It had so much potential to be so great and hilarious, but the level of like scum contestants was almost too high to the point that like it's hard to care about anyone. I agree with that. From what I remember, the third season was definitely the worst. So anyway, listen to that podcast. And then I was like, I have to watch this show. I have to see what it's all about. And I actually think so there's a couple reasons why I think it works for me. One, Brett is a complete scumbag, which I like because other dating competition shows like The Bachelor, I feel like they get these, he's always like a firefighter or like a doctor or like something amazing. But Brett is just like this horny, like rock and roll has been washed up man who is like objectifying women at every turn. I love it. He essentially at like one point in the show just is giving these girls a phone sex challenge. <laughs> I don't remember that. What did some of the girls' performances sound like in that challenge, Elena? Well, so one of my favorites, not it's not bad, but the, <laughs> there's a contestant called Heather Chadwell, and she, I think, is the runner-up in season one, but her phone call starts out, I'm going to make this short and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. And then, the, like, the rest are just like, I'm going to bleep your bleep. <laughs> so, Brett Scum, the challenges are objectifying. And, like, the challenges in general are honestly my favorite part of the show. Like, the dates are cool because you get to, like, a lot of the time, it's like Flavor of Love where he'll take, like, multiple girls out on a date. So, that always gets interesting. But there's the phone sex challenge. There's a challenge in, I think, season two where they set up, like, this obstacle course in, like, a giant parking lot. And the girls are on a bus. And then they have to get out two by two and compete in different, like, obstacles or, like, challenges challenges but it's like dive through like a literal dumpster filled with trash and I don't think it's like fake trash I think it's real trash <laughs> to get a guitar pick or like at one point the girls have to run into like a porta potty and change their outfit really fast and the outfit they change into is like stripper heels and like a crotchless onesie <laughs> whatever you were talking about them jumping in the dumpster. I assume that that's the dumpster from whence they came. Well, you may be right about that. <laughs> that's where the VH1 producers found them. Oh my gosh, it's so, it's just so unbelievably ridiculous that it, it came out like not even 15 years ago. And this kind of show could absolutely never in any way exist in 2021. It is so just beyond politically incorrect in so many ways. And but there's something so fun about watching it. Like I can watch it and say, yes, this is scum. Like what are they are doing to these women, how they're exploiting them is so scummy but I can't stop loving it. I also, as you alluded to, think that the show was quietly revolutionary. <laughs> it basically, it was the highest rated show for VH1 for a really long time. I don't know if it still is, but it was like the highest rated show at the time that it was on the air. And it did spawn this whole sort of generation of shows for VH1, like Charmed School, Megan Wants a Millionaire, 
I love money. Daisy of love. I love Daisy of love. <laughs> I, have, I did not watch that one. Well, I mean, I if I can interrupt here, Flavor of Love did come before Rock of Love. So I feel like it's not fair to solely attribute that generation of even worse reality shows just to Rock of Love. Because really it came from Flavor of Love, which itself was spawned from the surreal life. Because That's true. Flavor of Love or Flavor Flav and Brigitte Nielsen had a fling on surreal life. And then Brigitte broke it off. And Flavor Flav was so sad that VH1, he was so sad that VH1 gave him his own reality show. It had nothing to do with them, you know, wanting to make money. It had everything to do with them wanting him to find true love on a reality show on their network. That's what, you know, really spawned that celebrity franchise that BH1 ran back in the day. Fair, fair, though that is a good point. However, I do think a lot of the sequels came from Rock of Love. Although there was I Love New York. I Love New York had two seasons. And from I Love New York, there was Frank the Entertainer, mm-hmm. A Basement Affair, which I don't even think, I don't remember if it even like aired its full season. Because it was just like, there was no point in it even happening. Like it was... I watched a couple a couple of episodes and I was like, this is a waste of my time. I don't care. I have a quick story. I mean, I don't have much else to say about this show, but the one spinoff, Megan Wants a Millionaire. So I don't think it ever aired in its entirety because one of the male contestants on the show had murdered his wife. That's true. I remember that. And so they, I think, just pulled the plug. I think they canceled all of their celebrity <laughs> shows. Because that guy had also been a contestant on an upcoming season, like a yet-to-be-aired season of I Love Money. And they canceled that and, like, just the entire franchise. I miss this kind of reality TV. I mean, there's obviously, like, all of the Real Housewives, but it's such a much more... Like, everything is so much more polished now. Even, like, the Kardashians and all of their spinoffs. Like, there was just something about this specific period in time and this content that was coming out that was just so messy and watchable and you don't really get that anywhere anymore like maybe on YouTube but even YouTube's being overrun by like Kylie Jenner doing makeup tutorials like even there like just finding those smaller channels that are doing interesting and unpolished things it's harder to find yeah it does seem like reality TV at that point was still going for a a little bit more quote-unquote reality by trying to actually capture people as they were a little bit more now there it's obvious that these shows were heavily edited to you know cast certain people in a particular way but now i think with you know shows like the housewives or any of those spinoff or you know tangentially related shows it is just so produced and borderline scripted if not (laughs) totally scripted and something like rock of love while certain scenarios may have been set up you know to make people appear a certain way to portray people in a certain light because you kind of know how they were going to react it's still that person's real reaction in that situation and i think there is something kind of 
respectable maybe about <laughs> allowing people to be captured as they truly are instead of instead of forcing them into this character just letting them be that character that they really are in their real life and it might not be great for that person after the show but at least you did capture something that was authentic in some way i feel like that's missing nowadays yeah absolutely this show that i'm talking about does present a very real problem which is aliens coming to earth and living amongst us okay the show i am talking about is third rock from the sun and judging by your look which i can see in person today i can tell you are very surprised i am but now that you say it i remember you liking this show yes i have told a lot of people that they should watch the show because it's very funny and i don't think a darn person has listened to me so i'm using my platform however small and insignificant it may be on this podcast, to try to advocate for this show that I think is a gem from the late 90s, early 2000s that just kind of got lost in the shuffle. It started airing in 1996, right at the height of Friends and Seinfeld and Everybody Loves Raymond was you know, starting to come up, like all these bigger sitcoms that have just overshadowed it. But it was nominated for two Best Comedy Series Emmys. It won three Emmys for John Lithgow, two Emmys for Kristen Johnston. Like, it was critically revered for at least the first couple of seasons. It started to go downhill in the later seasons, not gonna lie. But I just don't think that it's gotten his, its due. So I'm gonna set it up for you. So there are four main characters, Tom, Dick, Harry, and Sally. And those four characters are aliens from another planet, you know, light years, millions of light years away. They are sent on a mission to Earth to study Earth and um, just gain intelligence on it. So there is a high commander played by John Lithgow, Dick Solomon. There is an elite military officer, Sally Solomon, played by Kristen Johnston. There is a, a like military guy who's like at the end of his career. He's an intelligence officer. And this is like his last mission before he goes out. But he gets put into the human body of a 13-year-old boy, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, that's right. Joey Gordy-Levy was a teen star on Third Rock from the Sun first, before becoming a more popular heartthrob later on. I guess some people have their hearts throbbed by him. Yeah, I certainly don't, but I know many do. Uh Um, And then there is a transmitter human whose like brain is half taken up by like the communication device with the home planet who is played by french stewart and it like it's just the story of these four aliens trying to learn how to survive as earth and what makes humans special or different or interesting if anything amongst all of the other life forms in the galaxy and it's just hilarious vaudevillian slapstick comedy most of the time like it's john lithgow is so so funny in his physical comedy on this show and the other characters are as well um jane Curtin also plays john lithgow's love interest with whom he shares an office he is a physics professor at this third tier university outside of cleveland so you know there's lots of exploration of human feelings of love and spurned advances and you know all of these dynamics between men and women and uh, within the world of academia and things like that as well 
it's just a not necessarily complex but a fun and interesting examination of society of human beings why they are the way they are i would say that if the show were made today it probably would have an expectation of being a lot more analytical i think like the show has such a sort of lighthearted and it doesn't it never takes itself too seriously like the the aspects of how the you know aliens were put into these certain bodies and how they you know still can communicate in the science that they have behind their contact with their home planet and stuff like that none of that is really explored or um you know makes much sense honestly but it doesn't need to like the show is fun enough and silly enough that you don't really miss it but i feel like audiences have come to expect shows that have any sort of like sci-fi element to them like that to have a full explanation of how things are happening and i think the show would have been sort of made less funny by all of that but anyway i just think it's a a really darling show if i can say that it is you know the first i would say probably four seasons are great and then it gets a little bit zanier from that point on like one of the alien characters impregnates a human character and then all of a sudden there's like a portal to an alternate universe in their walk-in closet which had never been referenced before and they can you know travel back and forth to the home planet or to another space and time like it just gets to the point where i was like okay this is not as great as it used to be but absolutely check out the first couple of seasons you will not be sorry you did i promise john lithgow's talent as i said before is just amazing he is probably my favorite actor like i just think he can do anything he can do this silly ridiculous over the top physical comedy like third rock from the sun or harry and the hendersons he can also win an emmy for playing winston churchill on the crown and like anything in between he's just so good and the show would be so much less entertaining i think with a lesser actor but he just like dick solomon is this very pompous arrogant uh, like basically human man who thinks that he has earned something because of the privilege that is bestowed upon him just by being a white educated man and also the high commander of this you know mission and the show doesn't really explore too much of that privilege itself nowadays i'm sure it would but it's just fun and it's neat to see the different ways that the show reflects the idiosyncrasies of human society i think that's all i really needed to say about it it's not particularly revolutionary but it did come about in a time when i don't think it was the norm to be seeing that kind of physical comedy as much at the time you had more shows like friends and will and grace and caroline in the city that were not that <laughs> i didn't really think i would ever mention caroline in the city i've never even heard of it it was not like a hugely popular show but it was on for a while you should watch third rock from the sun if you just want to like turn off your brain but not completely turn it off because you still can think about like the different things that are going on in their situations and get that intellectual side of you stimulated enough i should give it a go i actually have a personal connection to the show in a weird kind of way hmm, so okay. i went to penn state university and they 
recently renamed their College of Communications to the Don Belisario College of Communications or something like that. The building on campus is that. And Don Belisario was actually a producer of Third Rock from the Sun. That's correct. He did a bunch of other shows as well. I think he did... NCIS. Yes. That's the big one. Uh, Magnum PI, I think he worked on as well. I think that's true, yeah. So, yeah, I actually... And he's maybe... Uh, not really. I was going to say he's kind of eclipsed by his daughter in a way. She was on Pretty Little Liars. I don't know if he's eclipsed by her, but I think more people know about her than him because he is such a behind the scenes kind of guy. Yeah. So maybe I should. I don't I don't know. Maybe I should watch it because he also went to my alma mater. That's kind of a dumb reason to watch something. I mean, you did graduate from the College of Communications. I did. And he's the one who gave that. I think it was a 30 million dollar gift. Mm-hmm. To create a like brand new state-of-the-art media center there at Penn State, um, which I don't think is completed yet. I think they've been working on it, but like that's awesome that he. I mean, first of all, had thirty million dollars just laying around and wanted to contribute that to his alma mater, but cool that other Penn Staters will have a better experience, maybe in yeah. communications. Yeah, I certainly didn't have a great experience there, Um, but I did get to meet him once. He did come talk to us and Hmm. answered, like, I think he just did, like, a little round table and took questions, and I remember I really irritated him with my question. I asked him something about the streaming influence on the future of television, and he was just kind of like, like, kind of like grumpy old man about it, (laughs) which was kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, he was really nice. I don't know. His son was thinking of going to school there, and I think he was there. But I don't think ended up probably going there. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, I don't think I've seen a single episode, but I also I love the title Third Rock from the Sun. Uh-huh. It's a great title for something. Also, according to Wikipedia, Joe Diffie recorded an album called Third Rock from the Sun. Do you know who Joe Diffie is? No. He was a country singer who was popular mostly in the 90s and then he just died of covid last year r.i.p what a bummer yeah another interesting thing about third rock from the sun the television show is that will forte was one of the writers and i think became like head writer of the show in its later seasons and i feel like people have differing opinions about will forte i enjoy certain things that he has done like last man on earth which is probably another show that i'll talk about at some point here i love that show but this was before like right before he got on snl he was on third rock from the sun as a writer wow yeah cool yep well i guess that's it for i guess it is this mini-sode hopefully you feel inspired to check out either of the shows that we talked about today yeah and i also hope you feel inspired to visit a friend like I'm doing today. But only do it safely. Yes, no like hang gliding to go visit this friend. No taking off your seatbelt when you're driving in the car to visit this friend. Yeah, exactly. No skydiving without a parachute to visit this friend. What a way to do it. Those are the kinds of things you were talking about from a safety perspective, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, so anyway, we hope you've enjoyed this energy and maybe felt our palpable energy being in person together. I really don't feel like this was that much different than recording remotely. Do you? It wasn't. I think it got better. The only thing I'm concerned about now is editing, but I think it should be fine. We were pretty respectful, not too much talking over each other. Yeah, I tried not to, like, 
interject with too many hmms and things that I usually do. But I think I snuck a couple in there by accident. I think I did too. Well, anyway, hopefully there was still some of this episode left to salvage. Yes. If not, you'll never hear it. That's right. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And tune in next week for our next feature episode. Yes. Whatever that ends up being. (laughs) I don't remember what it will be right at this moment, but... It will be something good and worth listening to, I am sure. Absolutely. Always is. I've been Alina Hillard. And I have been and will continue to be Cody Hoffman. Thank you for listening, friends. Bye. Goodbye. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening to Televisionary. If you like what you heard, share this episode with a friend. You can follow us on Instagram at Televisionary Podcast, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Bye!